Child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. I, I can imagine how your, I think your cousin, you said your cousin or something, gonna be here. Even <laughs> a Cooper Cup, so yeah. yeah. I'm ready when you are. All right, we're going three, one, two, three. Thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network for our Faith and Family Football Podcast. And today we have a phenomenal guest with us, uh, a guy who is very diverse. He started on the West Coast. Now he's dominated the East Coast, NFL player. Uh, he played for the greatest, uh, one of the greatest college football coaches of all time, Joe Paterno. And he's going to discuss with us uh, his success and his career. John Bronson, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. I'm good. I'm good. And thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Man. So 80% uh, of football players end up broke. And uh, you have a successful business that we'll get to at the end. Mm -hmm. But looking through uh, your career, uh, two things stand out, right? The first is going to be that uh, you uh, were one of the top recruited classes, right, in mm -hmm. the country that year. You guys were ranked uh, number two, and mm -hmm. you were a defensive end, but also played tight end, right? So what that says to me that you're, you're at a school that recruits well, right? You had too much athletic talent. Right to keep you off the field. <laughs> well, well, that's one way to look at it, uh, and then the other way to look at it also is that hey, you know, sometimes you just go in as an athletic. You know, that's actually a position that they start to use. Right. And you know, me being a bigger guy as a D D uh, defensive end and and tight end, you know, I I, I guess you would call me a big athletic or so to speak. But you know, it's just about being flexible and, and being able to to be multifaceted and for me I knew that I had to have do a little bit more to be able to get some of this be awarded some of the same opportunities as some of the other guys who were just more specialists in, in one particular area so yeah if it was tight end I was there if it was defensive end heck if I had to go out there and, and kick I would have done it so right right <laughs> and, and that shows a lot of mental toughness uh, we talked about we had a great interview and I and I encourage everybody to listen to it and the inspirational story of Corey Jackson. Yeah. And I talked about the mental strength, right? Where he's yeah. like a basketball player to JC in Texas. He gets in Nevada and he's as a basketball player, he ends up in the NFL because he's such a great athlete. And it seems like yeah. you had that similar uh, trajectory. Yeah. You know, my, my year, uh, 2000 coming out, going into Penn state, there was, um, it was two parade All-Americans. It was 22 guys uh, total, two parades, uh, 18 All-Americans, and then two others that just weren't anything, right? Maybe All-State. So I was one of just the All-State all state guys. I didn't make All-American and parade All-Americans. Wow. But by the time we graduated, I believe it was, uh, you know, some of the neighborhood of, uh, well, I graduated with just one other guy that I came in that class with. 
So it's thinking what about was your star? Were you like a three star, four star? Yeah, I was like a three, three, you know, where oh, three wow. has change or whatever. And you got to keep in mind that year, the year before, I mean, they had all, I mean, Penn State was stacked. So, you know, Courtney Brown, Larry, Larry uh, at DN, you had um, uh, at linebacker, you had LeVar Arrington. Wow. You had Brad Scioli on the other side. Uh, guys like Jessica Pink was just there. Um uh, who else am I missing? Uh, uh, just, I mean, it was a stacked defense, but the D line, the front seven, nice. is even more crazy. So now, trying to be able to fill those shoes the next year or the years after, you know, definitely, um, you know, was was a challenge. But you know, and one thing you mentioned, yeah, some something you mentioned that our you know our mothers tell us, and we don't execute you know, shame on us, but it's uh, deleting the bad people around and being around such great people. So yeah. one question I like to ask, uh, how was it playing for one of the greatest college football coaches of all time, Joe Paterno? However, usually at a, at a, at a program that big, right? Uh, you have a uh, more of a relationship with the defensive coordinator, which you have one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. The guy yeah. who always gets a job at Tom Bradley. And who was your position coach? Uh, uh, um, you have two because you play both sides of the ball. That's crazy. Yeah, well, tiny. You don't understand how crazy that is that you're at a major top tire power <laughs> five school, man, and you were playing yeah. both sides of the ball. <laughs> yeah. you, I, you know, I was very fortunate to have a lot of great. Uh, obviously, you know, there's Joe Paterno, I'll get to him in a minute, but yeah. also a lot of great position coach, you know, uh, I actually spent a lot of time uh, with Larry Johnson, who is now currently the uh, defensive, I believe, coordinator and also defensive end coach at Ohio State. So wow. to show you uh, way back when and now he has like, making he's, a million dollars a year to coach what, defense. Why he, he should. He, he's literally, in my opinion the greatest coach period that I've ever wow. been around. And that's wow. you've been around a lot of great coaches. We're talking coach period. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, it, and, and there's a few reasons why I, you know, number one, um, you know, he really knows how to kind of motivate you and, and bring more out of you than you can think you can ever do. Like, wow. and I've seen him do that with players over and over and over again. And, you know, you go back, you know, I remember when I was like a freshman and, um, you know, coming out, uh, a freshman at, at Penn State, um, you know, myself along with my, my roommate, who was also, uh, we played the same position, Jeremiah Davis. We 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 stuck a, a lot around a lot of the, the older guys who were able to kind of help mentor us, guys like Michael Haynes, which, which was, uh, he ended up going first round in 2002 to... Um, to the Bears. Yeah, he and, was legacy. I think his dad played in the league too. Uh, no, 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 not, not that Michael, no, not that Michael Haynes. So, but, oh, okay. but I, I get you saying, yeah, I, I, I can see how you get that mixed up. Guys like Jimmy Kennedy, you know, um, Anthony Adams. So we had these guys in the room that were right. world class already. So we had right. a lot of good players ahead of us, two or three years ahead of us that we can kind of mimic to be able to. To, you know, to, 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 to be mentored from, which is right, great. Right. And then you have a, guy, a coach like Coach Larry Johnson, who's like one of the greatest, uh, you know, 
motivational coaches, but just very tactical and, and technical with how uh, you do things. And then you keep scaling the ladder, like you said, Tom Bradley, uh, you know, a, a great defensive coordinator. And then, and then there's Joe Paterno as well. Now, every obviously Joe Paterno is the face of, of Penn State. And, um, you know, and, and he's a driver in itself. Like, you know, it's, it's the good thing about, the great thing about Joe is that he would tell you right or wrong exactly <laughs> what he feels. So, right. you know, um, uh, and, and he never, he always was, academics was, was important. It was so important. I never forget, I, uh, we used to have these class checkers that would show up. Oh, wow at your class to make sure you got got to got to class and you know I must send a class checker there and I wasn't in class and so man I tell you what I never heard the the end from it uh from him <laughs> I got green by why I wasn't in class and I had to do this what they call awareness training and all this stuff and but that was Joe you know it wasn't right. just about football it was also about being a better man take care of your academics and so a lot of those same characteristics that I learned way back when, still carry out to this day, you know, allow, you know, me to do some of the things that I've been able to do. Right. So, so it's true because it's great talking to you as a fan because uh, you uh, dispel a lot of myths, right. And things, you know, that, that they say uh, that might not be true. Some things are true. So it is true that Joe Paterno had a lot of discipline, right. And he would say in public that the things that they put on you that you would hate him while at school, but now as an adult, you're like, oh, I'm glad I went through that type of, you know, Ab discipline. Absolutely. I mean, he, uh, you know, when you're younger, you don't get it and why you have to do certain things. I mean, look, we had to be, um, you know, it was, it was a lot, very a lot military style, I will say, and I, I, I grew up as a military brat, so I think I'm qualified to use that. Um, and, uh, you know, where things are very strict, you know, be, if you're 10 minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and you're like, well, it doesn't make any sense, but if that was the rule, right? Right. Uh, to be clean shaven, just like I am now, we couldn't have facial, I mean, we have, uh, actually, this wouldn't even be applied. Like, I would have to go <laughs> shave, right? And so, right. it'd be clean shaven. I mean, if you notice, like, we had no names in our, our on our jerseys. He believed in being a team. Uh, we had uh, black shoes. You couldn't do the spats and all that. And heck, even back then, as a freshman, you couldn't even talk to the media. You know, the whole purpose was that uh, it was discipline. Being a, being a team, there's not one any person kind of like above uh, an, another. And uh, when you kind of focused in on those things, you really were able to, to uh, kind of feed off each other as teammates and understand each other a lot more. Interesting. I, I say this, even in today's time frame, you know, sports and the people that I associate with, it did, we did not care about what you you were what you did what the scenario you know race creed color or whatever we all had one goal that was the nice. football game period right right joe helped that help to make that make more sense uh with all these different disciplinarian uh actions that um you know that we had as growing up as, as students student athletes right and uh as a student in college football gotta ask you this question yeah uh, the way the, the staff was, you know, 
Joe Paterno is such a legendary guy. It's so detailed, right? So the way the staff's put together, uh, did he have it where he had an exit? Right. I'm guessing based on what you said, you have Tom Bradley's your ex and an O guy, and then maybe in that time in his career, Larry Johnson was. I mean, you're saying he's both, but he was more of a recruiting guy. So you would have guys who are recruiters. And then you have guys on the staff, you know, like a Tom Bradley, right? A genius yeah, yeah, yeah. guy who, who who's a hardcore existential guy. So you know, I, I think, or, or, or did Joe have both? Uh, every coach is. I know Mark Few at Gonzaga, and you're part of the world. Yeah, he's yeah. assistant coaches. He demands that they both be a top-notch recruiter and a top-notch XNL guy. And I think that was pretty consistent at Penn State. You know, I, I can tell you, um, like my actually, actually my recruiting coordinator was Jay Paterno, which Joe was Joe son. Oh, was, okay, yeah, yeah. So he was at the time a tight ends coach. So this is right, I, right. Uh, and so actually, I actually got recruited for a tight end, then moved right. to D. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Um, so That's so much talent. Player. We cannot keep John Brown. I can see the, the meeting now. <laughs> John Brown has too much talent. We cannot keep this man off the field. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so I, I think every coach had a little bit of recruiting that they were responsible for in different parts of the world. Right. Uh, I was ecstatic that, you know, Jay and Joe came 3,000 miles away to be oh, able wow. to – you know, recruit. Don't get to your uh, house. Don't return to your house. Man, yeah. It, 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 it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a great thing. And, um, but what was also. Hey, how, really you say cool, no to Joe Paterno, right? Who, who yeah, other, exactly. What other schools were recruiting you at that time? That's interesting. Um, so basically, mostly of the Pac 10 minus USC. Don't know why. Yeah, I, 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 I think it was Pete Carroll actually, uh, oh. which is funny because he ended up in Seattle, uh, you know, just shortly after. But um, and then um, a lot of schools started to come on, especially back east when Penn State gave an offer. It's like you know what do they call monkey see monkey do. So like right. <laughs> you know now so Penn State did now Syracuse wants to offer and uh, you know like NC State and right. so but I didn't I didn't have like a ton. I wasn't like this two hundred offer guy. I would maybe have, but my like point is that probably no other head coach came to your house other than Joe, right? Yeah, except for one, Mike Doba. Not, 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 no other Joe Paterno head coach. Put it that way. Yeah, no, right, right. on that Bobby. level, right? Pete no. Carroll didn't come to your house. Or, no, Pete Carroll didn't come. Or, or, or a couple Terry of Donahue at UCLA because you said all the time. <laughs> no, no, we had a like a guy named uh, Doba. He was uh, Washington State. He came, but he's a good defensive guy, Doba. I remember. Yeah, yeah, Bill, Bill Doba. Yeah, he was a good guy. I almost went to Washington State, which is which is really cool. I almost was my second choice. Oh, yeah, wow. almost went. Yeah. And I, let me say this too. Like, so there's not, a guy. Not that, I, I met a not, you know, good looking girl from Poland. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. I, 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 I got a lot of friends uh, that went to Washington State, and so they'll be happy to, to, to hear that. And, um, I, you know, being from Washington, it's either Washington or Washington State, right? So I got a ton of friends in Washington State uh, in sports and fraternity up there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun. But let me say this too. There was a guy also that went to Penn State named Ryan Scott. We both actually went to um Penn State at the same time and, and let me show you how we got there we got right. there because we went to a uh a Penn State camp for them to notice us oh, and wow. then turn back to offer offer so got that's it. how we got two people from Seattle or Kent 
ended up right. in in, uh, Penn, in in Pennsylvania, Penn State. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, journey. It's a journey. It was a journey. All right. So, uh, were you drafted or were you an undrafted free agent? So I was undrafted uh, free agent. So again, so that shows a lot of, I think, a common theme between you and Corey Jackson is mental strength, right? Because you start yeah. at Penn State as a tight end, you switch positions, you have the mental strength, right? To have a good attitude and get on there. And notice that they wanted you on the field, you know, to be a first teamer, to even get on the field for the Division One team is phenomenal. But you're upper tier, upper power five, right? So now you're an undrafted free agent, right? And instead of being upset about it, you had the mental strength, right, to uh, to go through that process. And how was that process? How many teams uh, gave you offers? Yeah, uh, man, it was so uh, I was so fast when I'm here, but it was like, and it was, uh, and I don't whatever, but I don't know how how if I should be saying this, but I never forget it was end of the sixth round where right. things started to pick up, right? And I thought I still was going to be drafted at first, but then my agents thought it would be better if I don't get drafted, given my circumstance. And that right. made sense, but, you know, there's a whole little cool factor in it. Money-wise, it's like, you know, $3 difference, right? Right, right. So, <laughs> so. But as but, an uh, free agent, you get a choice, maybe. You get a choice, yeah. Right. And, and I'm actually so happy I didn't because I don't know if I would have if I would have gotten drafted. I would end up in like, you know, Dallas behind Jason Witten or something like that. Right. You know, like it was different <laughs> right. scenarios. So, so they were so, looking at it as a tight end, right, in the NFL. Solely as a tight end. Uh, so I, but I end up trying out uh, both at, at defensive end and tight end, mostly tight end. So I end up uh, uh, choosing Arizona simply on circumstance. Um, a, a guy named Freddie. Um, uh, not Mitchell, but like Freddie Smith. I forgot his name. He was a big time tight end. He'd been a, he was at Arizona for like ten years. He was on the right, way out. Right. He just retired. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there was only a couple of uh, guys that came in the year before, who were also undrafted, uh, undrafted free agents last year. So you know, you look at the competition and you go, okay, well, I'd rather if I'm going to compete somewhere, I'd rather go somewhere where there's some other new faces and I'm I'm willing to roll the dice there and compete right. versus go somewhere where like. You know the Jason Witten or Tony Gonzalez or somewhere, and I'm, there's already a spot gone. I'm there's no way I'm gonna you know I'll beat those guys. So it worked out that you were a blocking was, tight end, right? I, I was more of a block, <laughs> I was, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was more of a blocking tight end, but of course, you know, I tried to get my hands on, on right. a ball or two. But uh, then another guy named Adam Bergen, who's also good friends with, who also was a rookie uh, free agent that year. So we both made the team as undrafted rookie free agent tight ends out of Pennsylvania. Wow. <laughs> he went to um uh uh where the heck did he go? Uh Lehigh and, and I went to Penn State. So yeah, it, you it's it you look back at these 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 uh things and you go, man, it's it's been a journey. So absolutely. yeah, man, and the theme is mental toughness, which mental toughness, absolutely. And belief, you gotta have belief. Society, you know, people yeah. at the slightest thing that doesn't go their way, we we're talking about yesterday boom they quit or they get yeah. upset you know what i mean yeah for sure and your Look, great and, story and, and, of just keeping on keeping on and and really making some something phenomenal that you gotta not only did you get an nfl career but you were around a guy 
like Dennis Green, right? And Dennis Green to me, and you said there's a backstory to that. I always remember uh, he was like, we had Chicago and we left them off the hook. We left them off the hook, like, yeah, yeah. We, 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 if you want to crown them, crown them. <laughs> right. we, 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 we thought we knew we uh we, oh yeah yeah we, we uh we we knew who we they knew were who we thought they were we right. knew who we thought they were and uh and, and we and left so, them off the hook we knew who yeah, they were yeah. so let me, i'll give you the backstory of that so you know leading up to that week uh i was there during those during those years uh, during that yeah. year and leading leading up to that week we had prepared for chicago uh precisely um and it was actually a very simple game plan. They had a phenomenal defense. Offense was, you know, not very, very great. Stopped them on defense. Uh, uh, stopped them on offense. We play solid defense. Don't give up any turnovers. We win the game. Simple, right? Right, right. right. So um, uh, the problem was is that we kept shooting our own self in the foot. Oh, yeah. I watched that game. I watched that game. <laughs> so you see, you we'll cue it. it up because I have it on YouTube. But we'll cue it up when you're ready. Because I remember watching that game, and uh, truth be known, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I put money on you guys. Uh, and and that, that nine times out of ten would have been a good bet. But, oh, no. You, you guys know. get his points. You guys covered the spread. So it was one of those where uh, – the other team was supposed to beat you guys by a lot, and I knew with the talent you guys had, right? The talent you had. Yeah, right? we had. We we were good that we. I mean, obviously, Kurt. You know, we had Kurt and Matt. I think Matt started that week, though, for some reason. Uh, right. Edwin James was a uh, uh, running back. Then we, you know, we had Larry, we had Anquan, uh, right. Brian Johnson. We, um, I mean, it was. Uh, we had a great yeah. team, uh, and we it just was really the core that one thing had to take to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we, we we exactly, exactly, and we just kept giving over, giving up the ball, and then on the other side, let's not, let's, you know, let's keep it real. They had Devin Hester. Anytime you kick a Devin Hester, right? I mean, you know, that's a wrap. I think he had like two scores that game, right? Uh, on on punting the kickoff return, and then we we fumbled the ball. Erlocker had another. Uh, I mean, it was just like. Uh, or, or, or maybe it was, uh, I don't think it was Erlacher, but uh, 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 maybe it was Erlacher. Somebody, I forgot who was on defense. Or Lance Briggs, one of the two had another um, fumble for a touchdown. Yeah, it was just not a very smart game by us, you know. And like I said, all we had the to do was. Really right? Because why are you kicking the Devin Hester? <laughs> that's got to stick with you. And that's one of those games, right? Because that we game was really more than a decade ago. But as a player, yeah. that, that sticks in your head. You it know still stings. It, it really it really stings. It really stings simply because that's not a game you sh we should have lost. And, yeah, it was a little conservative. You know, we we're playing a little conservative. Right. Probably should have aired it out a little bit more, you know, to, to Larry and Quan, you know, and, and such. But, yeah, it, it, that, that game still stings. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the, the late, great uh, Dennis Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, uh, Denny, Denny Green was also a great coach. I enjoyed playing uh, uh, playing for him. You know, obviously he gave me an opportunity uh, in the league, so I'm ever forever thankful for that. And, uh, you know, he was a, you know, a, a guy's guy's coach. You know, he, again, straight shooter. But, you know, he can also, I mean, I never did, but you felt like you could have a little beer with him, right? Like, well, this, uh, this is the thing, too. Know. I was on yeah. a place in Honeymoon Island, Florida. 
Uh-huh. You were sitting on a boat, and you go from kind of like the mainland to this island, it's Pluto Island, yeah. and they give you a tour. I'm sitting down, I'm like, man, that's Dennis Green. And I'm one of those people that just leaves people alone or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I sat next to him, and, you know, I was minding my own business, but he started engaging me, and then I asked him a question about football. Uh-huh. You know, just because of my curiosity, right? And he's like, uh, you're right about that. Uh, you never <laughs> kill the you never kill the goose that lays like the golden eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, and and it was funny. He was an avid fisher. Ah, he, avid, yeah. he loved the fish. Yeah. He loved the fish. Yeah. So he was so. scouting that area to go fishing. Yeah. First, he was, had to probably <laughs> coach to the core, scouting the area before he goes out there. I, I swear we got out of practice early just so he can go fishing. You know, I'm sure he has some oh, yeah. fishing time somewhere. Like, yeah, he loved to fish. That was his thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Den- Denny Weir is a great coach. You know, brought along a, along a great staff. I had, a, I had a, you know, great tight ends coach, Carl Hargrave, who was with Denny Green for right. you know, forever, 15, 20 years. They were all in Minnesota and together. And so, yeah, we, we had a, it was a fun team playing with the Cardinals. We just couldn't you know, get over the hump, you know, and, right, and, right, and right. win a few more games. But a lot of fun guys, a lot of great guys. Larry Fitzgerald to start. I mean, you know, a lot of people right. always ask, you know, does does you know Larry as a person match Larry as a player? And everything you see, in my opinion, is everything you see. Like, I mean, he's very genuine, uh, very, you know, just a, a, a class act both on right. and off the field. And that's how he was when we were in the locker room. I mean, he was just, you know, he was a, he was a good guy. He was a good guy to be around. And especially as a younger guy, football-wise, I say that because I'm actually older than him, I think. But, <laughs> but as, <laughs> as a, as a football-wise, uh, he was very open, you know, to being able to, you know, to, to share resource or, or what he know if it, if it can help you and, and the team. So I really enjoy, you know, guys like that. Uh, guys also like Anquan, um, stand-up guy, uh, Brian Johnson. He was a Penn Stater. Uh, so we had that relationship. And, you know, he was All-American and first-rounder uh, from Penn State. And we also right. played together in Arizona. So, you know, these type of guys, especially that you play in college with too, also help because you, you have this – uh, come combined that from right. college and on top of that they you know you know brian was already in arizona a year or two before so you know i'm i'm just getting to the arizona so I, you know i i i need to know what to do you know like hey. where do i where do i where do i go where do i live like you know and so so you, all these things that you have guys like brian johnson who can like help and assist you know so a lot of fun yeah, yeah we'll, we'll play it you know the, the live stream will see it because I yeah. guess what, what happened was that uh, YouTube has a uh, has a code where they block. <laughs> but there's always a way. See, that's the thing when you're an entrepreneur, oh, you're in business. You always find a way, way around. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, now we, you know, I mean, we, we just wait, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's <laughs> We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. Now 
That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. <laughs> but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs> and, you know, and everything. And, and, I think, and I think it's nuanced, right? right? So let me, mm-hmm. let me, uh, let me ask you because you're the expert, right? And I'm just a fan, right? Fans think they know this and that, but you're you're actually the man who played, was on the field with this, right? So I'm listening to that, and I'm like, and you can curse on here if you want, you know. This is like Joe Rogan show. He's like saying, <laughs> you know what? the Bears aren't shit, and right, that's one, right? And the second part of the question is that it is this true, right? Because you played at Penn State and you played with a legendary uh, Dennis Green who won Super Bowls with uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, he had that great team, 15-1 and one, that should have been to the Super Bowl. Got cheated. Yeah. We could talk about that. You know, the Randall Cunningham. That was yeah, a great yeah. Minnesota yeah. team. Chris Dolman. Yeah, that was a great uh, team. Uh, yeah. But with Bill Walsh, he won Super Bowl as a, the offensive coordinator. And he... In Stanford, with no talent at Stanford, he got that program to come up. And he was a great entrepreneur. People don't know that he started yeah. a uh, shipping uh, uh, with trucks, right? He had a, a trucking, trucking company. company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A phenomenal yes. trucking company. So the guy was brilliant, right? Yeah. Uh, do coaches, right? Let's say Ohio State blew you up the year before. Are you guys <laughs> it's just bring practice, right? Focusing on what Ohio State does. So when you play them next year, you guys are ready. So I'm thinking as the protocol in the NFL is you take the starters out at halftime or whatever, and then Chicago played the whole game, and that's stuck in Dennis Green's mind. So yeah, you guys ready for Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, as he said in there, you know, we played in third game of the preseason and right. uh and you know it was is what it is. It's preseason right. game, right? I mean, so going into that week, as I was saying earlier, like we have prepared for them. We, I mean, I mean, excuse me. Into that week, we have prepared for them. I mean, I don't want to say didn't that. He have, like, high, I wouldn't say high place, but didn't he have like a special package for Chicago as a result, maybe of his anger or what they did during the preseason? And he brings out. Yeah, I, I, I can't confirm or deny if like he just had an out for them, but it definitely was a circle on the calendar. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, but you also got to think of the time frame too. Then Chicago was really hot that year. I mean, they right. were, I think they were undefeated at the time they came with me. I lost one game. So yeah, they, were really and they, were just, they were supposed to be Super Bowl favorites. And they were, and then I, I think then they ended up, I, they'd still end up getting to the Super Bowl that year. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, they ended up getting to the Super Bowl there. They didn't win it. Yeah, it was uh, Grossman, and Grossman got a lot of uh, flack for having such a great defense. And you know. Exactly. So we felt that we perfectly matched what we were about to get served, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was good defense against, we felt, a good offense in Arizona. Let's go, right? Right. The problem was is that we just could not keep hold on to the ball and get the ball into – our offensive hands long enough to be able to sustain long enough drives to right. score, right? That was that was really it. And that is so it's so frustrating. Um uh, obviously in that moment and even what you know 14 years later <laughs> it's still was like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, wow, like we, you know, we knew 
we knew Greg Rex, he wasn't going to throw the ball. We had to worry about him. So he was like a non-factor right. uh, <laughs> in, in terms of how the process was. And that's right. in terms of how the process was. We knew that they could run the uh, run the ball. That, that, that could be a factor. But bottom line is we stopped to pass. They have no pass game. We start to run game. We play good offense. We win the game. We score more points and we win the game, right? That's what the strategy was. It sounds so simple, right? but it was on that. We did not execute it. That's the problem. That and that's the, where the question that came out of your mouth is like, why? Why are we planning to do <laughs> Yeah. Why exactly? Why are we? That, that's what you got on the sideline, right? right? Looking at each other. Yeah. Why are we putting? Why? Why? <laughs> why? Why? Exactly. Exactly. So when when you look at all of the, all the, like everything that's out, you can understand and feel his frustration, especially after the game on right. why he felt. We, he said we let him we let him off the hook and you want to crown him like that's how we all felt it's like we're, we're not like we didn't think they were as good as it portrayed right right exactly. and that's what he said like I mean, right, you, know, right, right, right. you know you know we we what he's saying we are who they thought they were is that is saying that we knew exactly who chicago bears were solid defense no offense let's uh uh we slow we we run do our play our game we win the game that's what was that what what it was. We didn't do any of that, you know. And on top of that, we gave the ball over four or five times, and so we, you know, it's no way we, you can win a game that way. So, yeah, yeah. But that was a frustrating game, and man, that week after it was, whew, man, that week after was like, you know, you did not want to come in the next Monday morning, like, like seriously. Uh, yeah, it was it was just like. Air was out of the room, so to speak. Like he just felt it was just like, how did we even? How did we get here? <laughs> so, but it, but it, it, all in all, it was fun. Um, we had you know, super, yeah, we had uh, Hall of Famers, right? So yeah, uh, man, yeah, uh, yeah. We, we Kurt Warner, yeah, faith family football. When you take your faith family football, that's Kurt yeah. Warner, right? A man of faith. Is he really a man, or is it an act? No, 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 no. He 100% is, 100% is. Really, um, I used to make a joke, and uh, uh, you know, because had, we had Kurt, and we also had Matt. So we had, you know, just Matt. Back then, you know, Matt was, was Matt Liner. Matt, so Matt was oh, the yeah, USC Oh, yeah, the great Heisman Trophy. Big man, big man at Kansas USC, and then, uh, but you put it, in, so right next yeah, to yeah, so yeah. Matt, you Matt the state in like, the center. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you had the, 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 the state in the center because Matt, Matt Liner was like, uh, his thing was he was like Brady because he impregnated like two girls at the same time at USC before he came. He, the volleyball player who sued him. This is all public knowledge, right? And some yeah, other yeah, yeah. And now he's married to girl number five, but he's a straight up guy now on Fox and he's totally changed the way. He, he says it, right? Uh, I made a lot of mistakes in my youth, and now I'm a totally different guy. But yeah, you yeah. played with a guy number one. Yeah, but but look, they both. Hey, were... Let me ask you this, right? Because this is another thing that fans don't know about that you can give us some insight. When they're going through that, you guys in the locker room, you as an offensive guy, tight end, are you picking sides? Are you saying, "Oh man, uh, you know, we want Kurt in there"? <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, no. no you just learn to play with both and like literally us uh, like you know and, Kurt and had a different ball than that. Dennis Green is gonna decide to put the best guy in there for you. Exactly. I mean look, you know, uh, like Kurt has throws through a different ball than Matt. Okay. So you just have to know like if you if you run the seven and Matt's in the game, it's gonna come a little faster. 
than Kirk's. But Kirk, his release is a little bit faster. Uh, uh, oh, so, wow. you know what I mean? But the ball yeah, is not that, that fast. That the velocity is not that fast. had that windup, yeah. So that's, yeah, the velocity is not a, right. the, the Yeah, the release is faster, but the velocity is not as fast. Whereas Matt, he's going to get the ball later, but it's going to be on you. I mean, it's going to be tight, right? So right. you just have to know the difference. But let me say this about both of them real quick, because this is important. Both had places for us, especially as a you know as a first year, second year player in the league. For us, look, I mean, back then we had good fun as well. So Matt also served his purpose. I really enjoyed the fact that we also had, um, you know, some Hollywood adventure in Arizona. I mean, that was <laughs> that was great. There was there'd be no other time where you know be able to meet some. A-list celebrities, if it wasn't for, for Matt, like, you know, right. and, and, and and the clout that he had. So, right. and then on the other side, you all said- He was smooth, right? Guy. He's a smooth cat. Matt smooth, Leonard. smooth, very smooth. <laughs> so, both guys served their purpose, but they both, uh, every, both were stand up. They just, you know, uh, had different agendas, right? right. Her family guy, you know, have eight, nine kids, you know, I have eight, nine kids or whatever. You know, um, that's he's already been through a lot. Then there's Matt. He just got there. He's, you know, we still ready to party. And there was nothing wrong with both. No, both exactly. scenarios. It was just different. Right. It was just different. So. Awesome. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would guess, right, as a football fan, that because that was early in Matt's career, that a differentiator was that Kurt, being a Hall of Fame quarterback, could read defense faster get you guys out of place and he would be more aggressive in getting you guys out of play and get you guys into the right play. Or am I totally off? Say, say it one more time. Just the last part. I, I, I got a little twisted. That, that, uh, since Kurt Warner had been in the league for a while. Yeah. That he would be more confident, more apt to get you guys out of the wrong play and into the right play. Uh, On the absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, look, I mean, first, just look at his own story, right? I mean, he right. went from a you, you know grocery, grocery store bagger, grocery <laughs> bagger to to MVP to you know to to, uh, to, to MVP, uh, you know Super Bowl right. MVP. Like, I mean, so if anybody can do that, then he can definitely then you know being down by fifteen is not a big deal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like okay, you know, and but he but the way that um, he approached it in the way that the different quarterbacks uh, approached it was all different. Like, you know, Matt, uh, excuse me, Kurt was very just uh, kind of matter of fact. Here's right. what to do. You know, go out there and do it. Very rah-rah, you know, motivational, right? And then, you know, the Matt was in the same type of scenario, but a little bit more like pepping your step. Like, right, you right. Know, let's, let's, let's go get him. Like, boom, you know, boom, 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 right? So it just was uh, a difference in style. But, you know. And how was it like playing effective. with a guy who's still playing, and it doesn't matter who the coach is, right? Larry Fitzgerald, man. And we have yeah, uh, a receiver here. Uh, it comes on the Faith Family Football Podcast. We'll have him from Houston Baptist every year. Top 10 receiving category in the FCS. Uh, <clears throat> and a guy like that has to model his career after the work ethic of Larry Fitzgerald. A hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. I mean, I would be if I'm a receiver uh, going into the league, or in, even if you're in the league, I am right. looking and picking Larry's brain as much as possible. One on stability, 
eight, you know, what is, I would be knowing every single thing that he did to, to have a, what is it, 15, 16, 16 year career, number one, right? Right. Some of those years I can, I can share a lot of it. Number one, the guy was, uh, you know, he was very clean, I will say, very clean, clean in, in terms of like food, we eat, he uh, didn't, uh, wasn't a drinker, right. you know, obviously a smoker, like clean, like, I mean, it was like, it was like impossible. Was clean. Everything clean. clean. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, yeah. Right. Obviously, we assume he's clean up those other places, right? So he's just right. a very clean, very precise person, right? I, I, he had a lot of things in, in order, but he um, but he was kind of all kept himself, too. He wasn't, right. like, very, like, out, like, a big outgoing play. You didn't see him at parties or, like, nothing like that. Like, Larry kind of had dead. He's not like a screamer in the locker room, too, right? Where you have guys. He's not a screamer. Where you're he's like, not a screamer. Shut up, right? No. Yeah, no, he's not a screamer. He's very smooth, very, very uh, soft, more soft, soft, softer spoken guy, but right. still impactful. Right. And um, um, but you know, one other things too that I think he was good at was being able to kind of bring you along. Especially, I remember like some of the younger guys, like uh, myself and Carla Holiday, Laron McCoy, who's Lashawn's brother. We all played oh, together. Wow. And, and, yeah, and so. He would just like take us, you know, under wing and maybe just, you know, grab to eat or whatever. Just, you know, just, just shoot the crap, right? Just like talk about whatever, right? And there's no agenda. Like, I mean, it's Larry, right? We don't have to do this. We <laughs> right. can't do nothing for him, right? There's no. Right. Oh, absolutely. But that was the mark of a good leader and a good person who's helping to mentor and maybe get some advice along the way of some things. Because I can give you other stories on the side. What wasn't really like that you know it was right. a lot of some of the upper class were just what i call them upper class uh, veterans or just you know they had That's their own family so they didn't have time right or they or they just had their own agenda right they had, right. Their, they had their own thing and that's cool take a shower and they're but, out of the locker room or sometimes they don't even I, take a shower they're gone i'm gone gone you hear next time you see them the next practice next day period so the good part about larry is that he was very intellectual with those things with you, you as a team member and that really helps helps you as a right. person, but also I believe it also has even some impact on on his own self as right. well. To kind of you know what I mean? It's like a little bit um, good feeling. I don't know what what you call it, but well, because yeah. humans are social creatures, right? And with social distancing yeah. and wearing masks and stuff like that, right? It's coming to the forefront, what we are. Yeah. And my wife's a psychotherapist, right? Yeah, yeah I read that. Right? Yeah. If people get it wrong, they call it antisocial behavior. It really isn't. It's uh, a withdrawal that you're kind of getting into uh -huh. that, that's depression. So really yeah. those guys that leave or whatever have some yeah. form of, of depression. Sure. And even social anxiety. Yeah. That that you're seeing and you're reporting, right? That yeah. in a locker room is counterproductive. Yeah. And it, it, you're exactly right. And it's very important to have these social elements that you really don't didn't realize especially back then now maybe a little bit different with kids these days and they got you know got phones or whatever so you know as long as they're socially in this device you know a lot of people are okay but uh which is funny to me but back then like it was important to be socially involved with each other you know, right. uh, you know dinners just get together barbecues or whatever uh to be connected and that's how you right. also trust more of each other as as teammates and and uh you know and and etc so yeah yeah it was a lot of, a lot of a lot of fun and those are some of the best moments that i cherish 
as players, almost over even the actual games, you know, which just may sound crazy because there's so much more integral time that you spend right. with each other as teammates. Yeah, we're social creatures, yeah. man. At yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day. And is there, uh, before we get to Ken Winsenhut, because it's very interesting, Ken Winsenhut, and he's here as the uh, offensive coordinator. No, no, he got fired because of his personality. He got fired as uh, offensive coordinator here at Chargers camp. And I used to see him at Chargers camp all the time. You observe oh, yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Is there somebody else on the Cardinals that we might not notice that's kind of like yourself that was, you know, a great guy and a great uh, NFL guy at the time you were there with the Cardinals? Yeah, so, uh, uh, I mean, there's a ton, a ton of guys. Because um, even if you like make it to the Anquan league, Bowden, I don't care, man. If you're a snapper and you snapped in one game and you make it to the league, that's the special thing because it's such a rarity to be able to accomplish. It is. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I talked about Anquan Bowden and uh, Brian oh, Johnson. Yeah. For some reason, receivers, like, they kind of had a little bit different, you know, like, you know. You, Florida like, State. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. So those are guys. But the other guys too, you know, what's funny. I actually was, um, I was uh, locker mates with Edron James and uh, oh, my wow. second. Wow, University of Miami. <laughs> you talk about all about the U. The U. <laughs> and he made sure you knew about the U. Like, for sure. like without a doubt. Like, he made sure you knew about the U. But it was such an interesting time being his locker mate because it was so different than everybody else, right? right. I never forget. Like, he came in first. That's when the first time we had music in the locker room. I mean, obviously right next to me, it was it was like a whole like entertainment system <laughs> with his lockers area, right? He was the only guy I knew who had, um, or at least that I knew of, that had basically an assistant within the locker room. Yes, you heard me correctly. Right. An assistant within the locker room. This is Ezra James, right? Um, I, I'm pretty sure, like, so uh, this is when you know that you that you kind of, uh, you, you, this one, you know, the separation, even in the league, right? So there's right, like right. a guy like me, and then there's Edgen James, right? And then right. Larry, right? But on Wednesdays, so, uh, on, excuse me, after the game, you know how far Arizona is to Miami, right? Right, right. Edgen James would leave every week, or, or not every week, I can't say <laughs> every week, but frequently right. to, to home and come back and be back on Wednesday. Crazy, right? Oh, yeah. Now, if I come back on a Wednesday and I don't show up for work on so Monday, Tuesday we had off, uh, and come back on Wednesday just before practice, I would be cut, right? <laughs> right now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Andrew James, right? It's Andrew James. What, right. what, what can you say, right? You so, but but the greatest, but the good thing about what's cool about Andrew and Joe uh, was. Uh, was that he gave you he, uh, helping to show you like a, a other other side and he was real authentic but he would also help help you in more ways than you can count with just whatever like what I mean help like in terms of like for me it was I was oh I didn't tell you I actually got moved to fullback for a minute of my time so I had to learn fullback on the run so he would there help you go, man. The, man and the mental toughness and intelligence yeah. man they had trust that you were smart that you were going to pick up and, and that's, Apparently. that's a trouble, man. <laughs> well, there's the other thing, too, I'm going to ask, right? Yeah. Uh, as a defensive end, as a blocking tight end, you know, I know this respect, but primarily a blocking tight end. Yeah. Now they switch you to fullback, right? That says to me, you're smart. However, block you, more. <laughs> you stick your head in the hole like that, you got a mean streak in you. Not, you know, well, you do a technique and you got a mean streak in you. 
I, as a football I, I, player. I, I, I got a little scary, but at the same time, I, I really did not. I almost had to. It was like either I get scary or like, I mean, but well, I, I remember, really did uh, not want to play fullback, though. Yeah, let me ask you this. Uh, a guy uh, who's coaching at Florida Atlantic, and I'm an alumnus of USF. We're in a okay. lunchtime meeting, and Willie Tiger was like, man, I tell the kids, you know, so we're recruiting him, and that uh, this is the most fun you can have. <laughs> if you like hitting people, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're not going to be able to do this on the street. You do this on the streets of felony, you're going to be locked up. <clears throat> certainly, certainly. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you like, if you like uh, hitting people, and you like uh, um, some form of violence in a in a, in a safe in a I would say safe space, but in a yeah, space. You're going to hit the head with you know tarot yeah. sucks and stuff like that. And you're not, yeah, you're not blinking. There's no, there's no blinks. You got to go full steam, car wreck every day. <laughs> car wreck every play, not every day, every play. Right. You know what I mean? So car wreck every play. And like, that's crazy to me looking back. Like, wow. Like, <laughs> they literally got in a minor car wreck every play. Think about it. That's it's amazing. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so good time, fun time, fun time. Can you get Ken Winterhound, right? And, uh, <laughs> I know you're in business, right? And you know, I've been in business for a while, so I can say a lot, right? My clients know yeah. me, but people have other. But it's uh, the only thing we'll talk about is stuff that's public, right? Sure. And there's with the George Floyd thing going on. Uh, publicly, some NFL players have labeled uh, Ken Winsenhut as a racist, and you actually played for him for a minute, and. Uh, it's interesting because it's twofold, right? You have uh, coaches who play favorites and they want to bring in their guys. I'll be interested to see what tight end they brought in. But they ended up going yeah. to the Super Bowl. I don't know if it was that year or the year after. You're, you're with the core Denny Green guys. Sure, absolutely. Corner, and, and, they got, and they got to the Super Bowl. And how was that transition like? Because then the theme, again, uh, John – Bronson has a lot of mental strength, man, to go through what you have and be able to adapt so quickly in intelligence. How is that process? And what are your thoughts on Ken uh, Ken Winston and what went down there? And how how did you were able to sum up your mental toughness again to go to the next uh, uh, part in life where you've been phenomenally uh, successful and really an outlier? Because 80% of pro athletes end up broke. Right, mm-hmm. the ones that don't sometimes are coaches or insular. So I would say only ten percent, or even five percent, have been able to do what you do, transition uh, successfully, and have a, a great business. Yeah, no, I, I'll start with uh, the kid was on thing. At first, uh, I will say I didn't play with him very long. As I mentioned earlier, I actually got cut, you know, from uh, the. Um, you know, from a lot of his tenure. So I, I was. So what he did, he just watched film long. and said, "Oh, okay, blah blah blah," or, or was it just not, not that much? Game? I mean, I, I was, yeah, I was around for you know half, you know half a uh, season or so. But I mean, in, in football terms, it's not a long time. And right. you got to remember, uh, Ken, he was, um, he came from Pittsburgh, and so right. where they had, I believe, they just came off of a Super Bowl. Right. Um, and, and then on top of that, um, so he was a hot coach, obviously coordinator. And so him coming uh, to, to Arizona. Oh, and then, you know, then 
look, you know, when you don't win games, you move quickly. Right. So Denny Green was on the hot seat and you know, he had the journey on. And so right. in come uh, Wilson Hunt and it's, it's, it's pretty standard now you, in looking back that in a lot of right. players are kind of bring their own package of guys. Their own guys. Right? Their own they guys. Right? My guys. Yeah, it's guys and um, especially as backups, especially, right? There may be some starting guys who are already there that are going to remain, but you know, those, those guys know the system um, uh, that's right. been around for three or four years or so, et cetera. So in theory with me, that's how I felt. Obviously, I, you know, they'll never be said written there somewhere that I got cut because of one of his guys. But I felt that for me, that the people in my position that came from Pittsburgh were not as effective and as good right. that, as I was as a, as a player. Um, however, I just wasn't one of his guys from Pittsburgh. Right, who right. Also yeah. the the guy that replaced so, you was a guy who I could say now, just based on the evidence that you provided, uh, <laughs> wasn't half the athlete of you. Even though he was around here, he was Eugene, Oregon. I think he only played that year. <laughs> what, Tim Eustace? Wow, you're good. And look, good guy, Shannon guy. But in my opinion, like you know, like I said, like no way, man. Yeah, I just don't believe. Hey, we were having a beer right now, and Tim was here. I was sitting like saying, "Look, man, it's not personal, man. We're just talking business." Not personal, you know. You know, you're. You came through. Came from Pittsburgh. It was, and it was one of those guys, and I get it. So no, you know, no qualms here on that one, but. That's just the system. And, and I think what happens is that looking back, you kind of learn to go, okay, that's how it kind of works. And in, in well, it's interesting in the world and then also the sport world, the business corporate world and the sport corporate world. So, yeah. Right, right. And I teach this in management. And uh, we put this when I talk about the business side of the book is that real intelligence is situational intelligence. Now, you can have a system like he had that I'm going to bring this guy, da da da. The situational intelligence will be like, oh, wait a second. Let me look at John Bronson, Penn State guy, smart guy. He's going to pick up the system fast, and he's a 10 times better athlete than Tim Hughes right? Sure. That's and, and, then, and then when you look at management style of Ken Winston Hunt, uh, the reason they didn't make that playoffs that same year was because he got out-schemed, out-coached by uh, Mike Singletary, and they lost to San Francisco twice. And San Francisco only won five games that year. And this man has a whole Hall of Fame. Uh, he has a Hall of Fame quarterback, Antoine Bowman, right. and Eric James and stuff like that, right? Yeah, so right. You can find some fault in uh, Ken Wins' attempt uh, decision-making. And then the next year, just to close out on uh, Wins and Hunt, even though they went to the Super Bowl, they had like a crazy run at the end where he fires uh, Clancy Pendergrass. Yeah. Who's the former defensive coach? All these guys got fired this year again, right? It's amazing how yeah. these guys, when people talk about white privilege, I'll tell them Clancy Pendergrass <laughs> and Ken Winslet, right? They both get fired the they same year, the, the same thing in the same town, no less. Pendergrass oh, got no. fired as the defensive coordinator at USC, and Winslet got fired as the offensive coordinator in the middle of the year because he doesn't have, and then uh, you make more money. It's something that John Bronson has a lot. You make more money in business. More than anything else with emotional intelligence. 
which Winston Hunt did not have. That's why he's been got fired over there with the Cardinals. And then he got fired again. He's been fired a lot. But his most recent firing, really for personality uh, more than anything else, and probably his flawed decision-making where he's a, a system guy. He stays with us. Is he Mormon? I think he's Mormon, too. So he has that rigid thinking, right, where you're going to stick to it and not have situational intelligence. Because situational yeah. intelligence ends up, when you don't have privilege like these guys in a salary, and you're not an entrepreneur, and you're making decisions, you have to have that situational intelligence. And that, that makes perfect sense the way you broke it down. I mean, that's uh, now I can kind of understand a little bit more of uh, the mental thinking on on the decisions that are made during that time frame. That, that makes a lot of a lot of sense. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, no. yeah. But you know, hey, you know, it's what it is. It, it yeah. is what it is. And, and uh, you know, like they say, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. I mean, it hurt at that time frame, but you keep it moving, right? And, right, and, right. and for me, it was. Uh, I decided that, look, I could, you know, bounce around, uh, which I, I did a couple, a little bit here and there. But at the time, you know, I was, uh, I was married and, uh, and my wife, at the time, she was stable in her career. She had just uh, went into a, a big financial career with Wells Fargo. And yeah, you know, and it probably wasn't a good thing to be on the other side of the country. She, cause she couldn't leave. Right. I mean, she's. I mean, she's building a career, career, yeah, right? Technology wasn't so, what it is now. Yeah, yeah. So it is what it is now. So, I mean, I, you always say, you know, in hindsight, you know, there's a reason for everything. And who knows? Maybe if I stuck around, I could have been more injured than, you know, or who knows, right? You never know. No, so, you never know. You yeah. never know. No, yeah. but uh, it's funny. I, I've known some NFL guys too. They've been so bitter about when they, even if they, they play like 10 times more than everybody else. Uh, but it's yeah. always interesting. So you transition to your business, right? And let us know about your business now, man. Mm -hmm. I saw it online. It looks really good. Definitely going to get those cookies. Uh, tell us about your business right now. Yeah, so my company's called Finger Licking Dutch. I don't know if you can see my poster back here. Nice. But, uh, yeah, there, there were Finger Licking Dutches. We sell these caramel waffle cookies. They're called strobe waffles. And so right. S T R O O P W E F E L S. All right, so awesome. finger like and so they're just caramel waffle cookies. The best cookie eaten eat ever. Promise you on that. No, I'm definitely gonna let you know, and I know that the audience will let you know as well as we'll have a link on the episodes, uh, link, and then we'll also yeah. have. Uh, we'll put it. We'll put a link on the website, which I like to thank Perfect. everybody for telling their friends and neighbors. Uh, yes. on our website is growing exponentially. And we'll have a prominent link to finger uh, licking Dutch cookies. So, what and, are your thoughts, right? If we yeah. finish up, eighty percent of NFL players end up broke. How are you mm -hmm. able to maintain that mental toughness? come back from, and these are my words, I'm going to make it clear, these are my words, I'm going to own them, not sure. John Johnson's words, but you were cut by rigid thinking, Mormon, racist, Ken Winston Hunt, right? Those are my words, not John's words. Sure. <laughs> how, do, how do you have, 
uh, that mental strength to bounce back from that? And how has your entrepreneurial journey gone, right? That shows a high level of intelligence for you to be able to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the first thing, it may sound cliche, but it's it's belief, right? And you have to really believe and uh, and, and whatever you do. And, and then, you know, kind of set a, I don't want to say, I a lot of people say set a plan, which is true, but you also have to start with some process of elimination. So we'll right. talk about next career for me. The process of elimination was I knew I didn't want to work for anybody. Right. Period. Right. That was that was it. Like period. Make more money working for yourself than anybody else. And then a, a guy who's intelligent as you are would be very frustrated working for something. Yeah. And so, and I knew that, but yeah, so that part of the process of elimination was, um, was something that I realized early on, right? So, which also means that I had to be prepared to, A, potentially struggle at right. first to get things going, to learn more, to be more formative, ask more questions, uh, get the right mentors and advisors, you know, build this ecosystem of information and people that can help reach those, uh, attain those goals. So, to that, that's a big component to, um, I mean, especially for athletes, and I continue to, to preach this, is it's important to be around people who have, um, who have done, done better than you, especially in something that you're looking to do. So for us, um, you know, going into a CPG, a consumer goods company, food company, I'm not going to go ask somebody who, uh, who's a mechanic food business because right. they're not equipped in that. They right. may have built a successful business, uh, um, you know, with um, uh, fixing cars, but that doesn't mean that you can show me about how to build a, a food business. So long story short, with all of this, it's just being able to know how to ask the right questions and have enough of the right people, mentors, and advisors in place, which is a big, big undertaking because those are the people who can lead. If they don't know the answers to your questions, they can. They probably know somebody who does, right? right. So it's having more information. Just information. Information is just important, in my opinion, is education. I didn't go to school for... Uh, information to be able to make, take the next step. So that's an important part of it too. The last thing to say too is you just have to have a chest of steel and discipline like crazy, like, um, and, uh, and just like, uh, you know, just like football, kind of like a no, I don't hate to say no lose mentality, but kind of like this, um, just drive. Right. Just different. But you're going to figure out there's we're not i'm not here to figure out why it's not working I, we need to figure out how we do what adjustment needs to be made so I, I think if you can take some of those nuggets people take those nuggets and they imply that into their business or their, their next journey of life um you know you can really see a difference at least for for me and for us um i enjoy being a part of this Finglinking Dutch with my girlfriend. She's from Holland, as that thing I mentioned earlier. And that's how I got involved with the cookie, with the strobe waffles. She gave me one on one of our first dates. Oh, wow. I loved it. <laughs> I became a 
I became a customer at first. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, you know, they don't have these in the States very uh, a lot. And I said, so she had a lot of resources in Holland. I had them in, 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 in the U.S. and we put them together and decided to start our own brand. So that's how we started. Oh, man, that's a great, that's a wonderful entrepreneurial story, man. <laughs> yeah, that's thanks, awesome. thanks. Yeah. And, hey, I got one more thing for you. Absolutely. Uh, maybe, yeah, uh, I, I didn't share with this earlier. I meant to drop it in there. So I'm actually, my. you, you said your your dad was as a minister, right? Right. So was uh so, so my dad's also a minister. So in theory, awesome. I come from a, I come uh, you know from a from a, a very heavy Baptist family. So my dad's been a minister for you know, I don't know whatever how many years. And so yeah, so I just had to throw it out there because uh yeah I, I my parents I grew up in the church you know when especially when I was younger for for a long time. So yeah, that's awesome. Man. That's why we connect. We got that flow. <laughs> yeah, so part part of the part of the faith of of, of, uh, faith, of football, yeah, faith, faith, family, and football to the faith, core. Family, and football. So, what an yeah, extraordinary yeah. career, man, John Bronson, and uh, yeah, faith, family, and football. You gotta have that that belief, yeah. right? and, and, and that creates that mental strength. Uh, I'll send you a link to the blog I wrote about my dad. You'll you'll love it. Your dad yeah, would be great. Share with yeah, your dad absolutely. Well. And, and look, I have to give a lot of props to my family as well, too. You know, I come from a very athletic family. I think I was sharing. I have my youngest, my, my middle sister, who's probably the top, probably the best athlete out of all of us. She was a two-sport scholarship athlete at Morgan State basketball and track. Then I have a younger brother who I told you played for Eastern Washington, Washington, and the Seahawks. He went to Super Bowl. Then I have another younger brother who's at, uh, who started Temple, went to UW. So, and uh, uh, so, and then, you know, so my been very you know happy and, and blessed to be able to be in a family where we're all been sports sports happy and i'm sure my parents uh you know they appreciate it too to be uh you know surrounded by all their kids being in sport at some time of their life so it's been a lot of fun you know being uh, uh, yeah, very being blessed oldest. family yeah yeah so very yeah and uh we talked about it we'll have your brother on so he can sell some yeah. books and yeah, yeah. Yeah, get all our you know, our our uh, followers and fans that have been growing exponentially. Thank you, thank you. And uh we'll keep providing you with value. Any final thoughts on your extraordinary career in life so far? And you're a Kurokawa yeah, now, and I love Kurokawa. It's a great place yeah, to be. Well, I, I I guess I'll end there. Like I said, I'm in Curacao and uh it's a great place to be. A lot of People, especially in America, don't know Curacao, but it's a, it's it's a great place to be. There's uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, pandemic wise, it's no Corona right now. Right. <laughs> so, you know, the biggest thing that I try to uh, share with people uh, in closing here was just to kind of you know, live live your life to the best of your ability to the fullest every single day, and um. You know, always try to look at things in its positive light as best as possible because it's easy to kind of look at things, uh, whatever it is, negatively. But right. you know, you look, take a situation and you go, you know what? There's another side to this, right? Like, you know, whatever. Right now it's the pandemic and everybody right. had to be indoors for the most part and yada. But if you look at the other side, we can connect more, right? We use right. Zoom. We can connect more. Right. We can have conversations about stuff. It probably wouldn't have been as easy if we were everybody was on the subways and buses and planes and you know et cetera. So, 
I try to look at things in the bright light and I encourage people to do that as well. So yeah, thank you for having me on, man. I really enjoyed this. All right, right on. No, I'm glad you did. And we always close with uh, Winston Churchill. Uh, you make a living from your labor, but you end up making a life from what you give. Thank you for yeah. listening to the ESBC Podcast Network Faith Family Football Podcast. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. <clears throat> And they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. I'm the best there is.